Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am your host. Welcome to episode 59 of Book of Leaves. This is a podcast where I interview people who are doing something good for the planet in some way, shape or form. And the whole idea is we take a leaf from their book. Who am I? I am Cara. I am an actor by trade. I work a couple of retail, real person jobs and I am just really passionate about the environment. I absolutely love doing this podcast the last three years. And yeah, I like planning protests and... This is just something that I really enjoy doing. So thank you so much for tuning in if this is your first episode. And to anyone who is a regular listener, hello and welcome back. How are you? So today we're obviously going to be chatting to Flossie from Flossie and the Beach Cleaners. I absolutely love her positivity and I actually really enjoyed this chat. You can hear like the two of us like just giggling the whole way through. I really, really enjoyed it. So hopefully you'll enjoy listening to it. I just want to say a quick thank you before we get started into the interview because in the last couple of days I was one of 12 um, climate ambassadors to be awarded with an Outstanding Achievement Award at the Climate Ambassador Award Ceremony there last Thursday and I'm just so grateful for that. That's really, really cool. They highlighted this podcast as being, you know, a, one of my achievements. And it's really nice to have that kind of recognition. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Part of me still thinks it's just my very, very close friends who listen to this. But then when there's people I don't know, it's like, whoa. So I really appreciate the Climate Ambassador Program doing that and all of the work they do. Gary and Gran, you're running that. It's just brilliant. I've interviewed Gary here before. He's so lovely. I really love that chat. They've got their own podcast as well. And just the support they've given me and 200 other activists, plus all the other activists that have come and gone throughout the years is just amazing. So yeah, that was a lovely thing to have happened. And I really appreciate it. So moving on with um, Flossie and the beach cleaners, we talk about, I just want to quickly highlight, we do talk about what you need to get started and Flossie mentions you don't need you don't need a little litter picker um which is very true but if you have like mobility issues or you would like a litter picker I got mine off of Jiminy Jiminy is an Irish toy company another episode I've also done with Sharon who runs Jiminy is worth checking out especially coming up to Christmas but they sell um a litter picker made from recycled materials and I think Reusey sell it as well there's a couple of businesses that will sell litter pickers and they're usually made from you know sustainable materials or companies who care because it's a litter picker although shell branded litter picker will be kind of hilarious but anyway I won't even let's just not put that energy out there so if you do need a litter picker you can also get one from your local council apparently you can apply there. I haven't done that because I ended up getting my own that you can like fold up and put in your bag. But yeah, I just wanted to say there are places you can get litter pickers. How many times have I said litter picker already? Okay, 
let's go talk to Flossie about picking up some beach litter. And don't forget, you can support this podcast on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash book of leaves or buy me a coffee for a once off um, contribution of multiples of three euro. That would be amazing. It all goes towards the running of the podcast and uh, website fees and everything like that. So I really, really appreciate the supporters I do have. And thank you so much to everyone who has supported in the past and please keep recommending this podcast to a friend support your local independent podcast makers and yeah that's it all right thanks for listening guys here is flossy and i'll catch you after Lossie, thank you so much for joining me on one of your days off school to chat to me all things eco-friendly and beach cleaning. It is lovely to have you. Can you please introduce yourself to listeners to let them know a little bit about you, who you are and what you get up to? Sure. My name's Flossie and I'm a 14-year-old climate activist and marine environmentalist. Um, I started cleaning the beaches when I was about eight years old because the amount of plastic on the beach is heartbreaking, especially since we have such a beautiful biosphere, biosphere and we have so many amazing marine animals living on our doorstep. Mm. So by cleaning the beaches, I knew it was good because it was fun, zen-making, and I knew I was making a difference. And then I've been climate striking weekly for 151 weeks because I want to show the government I may be young, but I care about stopping climate change and I know they're not doing, any, not doing enough right now, so we have to start working together. That is amazing for to be going to a strike every single week for that long like I think is so admirable and I hope people take a leaf out of your book and join Fridays for Future because it's welcome it's with Fridays for Future I presume that that kind of happens on a Friday is it? Um, Actually no it's normally by myself. Oh bless <laughs> and where do you do do you go to the doll or do you go to your local kind of government building? Um, I normally strike outside the Doyle, but then some weeks I strike outside my school instead. It's all about getting awareness out, even if you're all by yourself. If you're standing with a sign with a climate change slogan on it, people know what you're striking for and you're giving them a message, a message that they can't ignore once they see it. Exactly, yeah, and it makes them think about it. They could be thinking about it that day and they go home and they chat and it's all about sparking conversation. So thank you for doing that. And um, I definitely need to go to more of these Friday protests myself. But... At eight years old, you must have been a very eco-conscious kid because not all children are the same. Like I, my journey, I was very conscious about some things as as a kid, but not not everything. And it wasn't until my adult life that I really realised how my impact on plastic would happen. But I always hated litter. Your awareness of this litter damaging the environment was this something that your parents would have inspired in you? Did you see like? TV shows where or read books that kind of was teaching you about this thing or was it just a case of seeing it yourself and seeing the effect that it was having well my mum she's obsessed with marine life always has been and oh. um, so for all as long as I can remember she'd always bring me down to the end of the beach no matter how far we had to drive to a beach just to look up for crabs um, and then one day when we got to go on holiday to Thailand which was amazing and whilst my mum and dad were looking at all this these cool marine life and stuff and fish all I could notice was all the plastic and rubbish floating on the water and the seabed. And that was just like heartbreaking to me. And since then, something just clicked in my brain and I could never again go down to the beach. 
um, without bringing a bag with me and cleaning up the rubbish. Oh gosh, that yeah, that's so lovely to have a parent. Yay, Harriet, who is so into marine life as well. In that's really really cool. So you started cleaning beaches then, and how often do you end up clean going to beaches to beach clean and? Was it something, sorry, I'm asking so many questions, but like, was it something that you were, we'll go to the beach anyway for a swim or a walk and we'll clean as we go? Did it morph into let's just go to cleaning or like how did the whole, your whole kind of campaign come about? Well, originally it was just like, let's go for a swim or something like that. And then we'd always leave just cleaning the beaches and like just end up doing a small beach clean no matter what. So it just made sense. I would like try start a beach cleaning club, which I did. No one came to the first beach clean, despite how many posters I hung hung up. (laughs) After that, it worked. I worked out posters were old-fashioned and I needed to go to Bruce's social media, which meant I got a lot more of a crowd to come. And then I would do a beach clean. So I do a beach clean during the winter, basically every week. So normally during the weekends. And then during the summer, we'd have to do it basically nightly, um, which can either be really relaxing on the beach or can be really dangerous with all the people who've come down for a nice day but then they've gotten a bit too drunk and then oh dear of course yeah wow and do you guys know like how much rubbish because you have been weighing your rubbish sometimes as well haven't you so like do you guys know how much you've collected um last year we collected the quiz I can't remember the exact way but it was like the same amount as two baby humpback whales and then oh this year, so this year alone, we're not. We know we've collected over two fully grown humpback whales. We, I don't know the exact weight though until the sure. end of this year. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'd need animal comparisons as well because I don't, I don't remember numbers. That is amazing, but it's also like, oh my god, what is that much rubbish doing? It's wild, and I'd say you have found some some strange things and what beaches do you usually clean by the way before we get into kind of the things you find um well I'm based in Sandy Cove so we end on Leary so we'd clean basically all along the Dublin coast and like we'd go down as far as Bray and then we'd go down to like Bull Island and Poolbeg and stuff like that and then we're now going around places like Galway as well and doing cleans there with TYs in schools, trying to educate young kids about um, plastic pollution and cleaning the beaches in their local area. So we're going down to different counties now to do it, which is fun. Oh, it's so amazing. Like you're literally, you're making such a difference and literally bringing these groups out with you guys and, and, and showing them and empowering people. Because sometimes people, you know, aren't, kind of brave enough to kind of start doing something and just by themselves like they need someone to go here's a workshop you can come to or we'll kind of show you how to do this safely or whatever so honestly you're doing such amazing things so you find what are some of the most common things that you find on your cleans on every beach clean since I started and this is not a joke we find a pair of men's pants on every beach clean (laughs) like underwear (laughs) Boxes yeah. or something. Oh God! Yes, yeah. pants, boxes, like literally every time. Only men's, never women's. Like to find a woman's pair of pants would be so odd. Oh whoa, guys, come on, keep your pants on, please, or take them off. Go for a skinny dip, but then put them in a bag and take them with you. Like, you so why it's only men's pants? Yeah, do you are you going home commando? Like, how is this working? I don't know. <laughs> 
Okay, that's so... I can't believe that that's like the one thing that you have found on every single beach queen. So yeah, we need to ask listeners to kind of talk to the men in your life or the people who wear boxers and stuff and be like, stop leaving them on beaches. Yeah, if you're feeling a bit cold on your way home, there's a reason for it. Exactly, exactly. And you find like a lot of discarded kind of swimming togs and towels and whatnot. What do you guys do with the clothes that seem like are okay they've just been discarded and we've created a lost and found in our area and we just like leave them there and then like if they're not collected in over like two days um then uh, because we put you know messages out on social media saying these are the clothes we found today um and like normally they do go back to the owners and then when they don't we normally give them to charities and then if they're like ripped towels there are loads of different dog what's it called Shelters um, and charities. Shelters, yeah, yeah, who like are desperate for them at the moment. So that's you can always find us somewhere if I want them. Oh, that's so good that you aren't even just discarding them. And all the rest of it then, you just, do you guys work on separating out like recyclables from non-recycles as well? Yeah, we separate like bottles and cans and like if we can pay for and stuff. Like things that aren't completely destroyed, we try to separate them out. And then like all, we find so many kids' toys. Like we can find up to two bags of just kids' toys alone. <sighs> So we always, you know, separate that and like leave them for kids to find. And then if they're broken, we try to remake stuff out of them. But other than that, if something's like seriously destroyed, then we sadly have to throw them into the regular bin, which is kind of sad. Yeah, of course. But if hopefully people mindset is changing and people will soon stop discarding things or, you know, think about them a little bit better. So they're not left somewhere to to be destroyed by by tides or whatever and have you have you found because I know it does happen I I talked to Richard Curtin from Clean Coast on this very early on in 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 this podcast and I remember asking him about um, wildlife or animals being affected by rubbish that they're found that is found and while he didn't see anything with his own eyes both of us knew that it did happen have you seen any kind of like direct links with your own eyes from the waste to animal life um yes we have we've seen like a bunch of crabs making homes out of different massive plastic bags and stuff like mm. proper homes and then crabs making homes out of bottles which is absolutely heartbreaking on one hand it's kind of like when you first see it, it's always a bit like oh, that's kind of sweet almost. But then you like realize they really have made a home. That's just like ridiculous and heartbreaking. Yeah. And then seals, we know how bad it is because they wash up dead quite often. Seals? Again, yeah. Oh God. And then other animals, we know they're ingesting it. We just haven't like been able to chop them open. Of course. Yeah. You're not going to bring a, a dissecting kit with you to a beach clean. Yeah. Um, Although, of- yeah. A few years ago, we did find a dead bird on the beach. And we were really curious, like, did it die from plastic or not? And there was like, we were, we had like um, a bird company who were, wanted to do an autopsy or a necropsy. Yeah. So we had to keep it in our freezer for a year. No way. A whole year this bird was in your freezer. Oh my God. For a year. And did you, did you get the, the autopsy done? No, in the end, <laughs> the people who were going to do it moved country. So we had a dead bird in our freezer for a year. And oh we named it. my god! You name what was their name? Jeremy. Jeremy, oh poor Jeremy! Ah, oh, jeez, Louise, and poor—I can't believe. I mean, if any visitors or something in your house, they're like, "Oh, can you bring in the pizza out of the freezer?" They're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> poor Jeremy. Like, did he did he get a burial in the end, or or what happened to him? Everything in our garden. Oh, that's so nice. Well. 
I mean, we we tried, and obviously you couldn't cut into him yourself. So that's <laughs> what a story, oh Jeremy. Um, that name has now changed. Every time I think of like Jeremy Renner, who's the only actor I know called Jeremy, I'm now going to think of Jeremy the Bird. So amazing! Thank you for that. Um, and I know. So obviously during the summer, God, Irish people are the worst for making a mess on sunny days. I don't know what it is. Canals, parks, the waste we leave is phenomenal. So I, I do, I'm not surprised that you need to go every day during the summer. What do you think, though, needs to happen around the mindset? Will more bins be enough? Or what is it that needs to change? Because obviously taking the waste and what you guys are doing is such an amazing solution, but it will be better if you guys didn't have to do that in the first place. And what do you think needs to happen to get to that point? Well, there should be more of a tax on buying plastic and stuff, but then we definitely need more bins. We have two bins in my area. It's a very popular beach and if they're filled by like 12 o'clock, they are literally filled and have rubbish pouring out of them. Mm. So it's hard. You wouldn't really expect people to bring their rubbish home with them and like drive home with their rubbish. You'd want them to, but like they don't. So their next best option is just to leave it on the beach. Like during the summer at one point, this one family, they went to a shop. They bought over a hundred euro worth of paddling pool sweets and all this stuff. And then they got up and just walked away, left everything, the boxes of sweets, the wrappers, the massive plastic paddling pool, all these toys they bought for like a hundred euro or more. They just walk off and leave. Oh my gosh. I I haven't got the money for that kind of living. (laughs) Exactly. Who has the money to just do that? And who has no heart like that? Oh, well, yeah. I just, people, but do you know what? We'll get to this later because I think education is obviously a huge part of this. And I know you're behind a campaign around that. And we will definitely talk about that before we go. But if people then want to do a clean up, what do they need? And if they want to join you, how do they do that? You want to go on a clean up? Easy peasy. You just need a bag and gloves which the council supply you don't really need a litter picker because it's easier just to bend down and get it yourself and then um, they just need a proper fighting attitude for it <laughs> and then if you want to join us um you can just email um email us um uh, at flossing the beach cleaners sorry info at flossing the beach cleaners at hotmail.com yes um if, or you can just text us on instagram twitter or facebook and we'll add you to our whatsapp group where we announce our weekly cleanups events we'll be hosting like on Saturday we're doing a beach clean dress up inspired by Halloween and stuff like that oh that's so lovely yeah and Flossie and the beach cleaners all one word is your Instagram um, handle and I'll tag I'll like tag all your accounts in the show notes that people can find you easy and if people are work for a company or are in a school do they reach out to you via email if they want to if they're interested in getting you guys to take them out on a beach clean then just email us info at flossy and the beach cleaners at hotmail.com amazing have you had the likes of like a hen party or birthday parties kind of going to you yet we have had a birthday party but never a hen party oh, okay well there will be the day and hopefully a stag will happen and you can teach them how to keep their hands on and bring them home and just <laughs> yeah have responsible underwear etiquette i think is uh, is very important but what you guys are doing Flossing the Beach Cleaners is just so cool and it really is such a cool name did did you come up with that or was that your mom or or how did that happen um that was me and since I got the name literally everyone 
for like the past five or six years has said it sounds like a name a good name for a band well it does it's like jenny and the or uh benny and the jets jenny and the beds like there's so many oh there's so many no but flossie and the beach cleaners is amazing um and flossie is such a lovely unusual name as well so it's it's uh Really people, normally cool. think it's a, people normally think it's a dog's name really oh well i mean people oh wait your logo has a little dog in it as well doesn't it no a crab oh it's a crab oh i don't know why i thought it was a little dog oh well obviously that makes more sense okay <laughs> so, yesterday we were at a workshop for kids to educate them on plastic and they were all four, like I, we were doing it for the older kids, but first the four-year-olds wanted, um, the parents of four-year-olds were like, oh, can you help um, teach our kids? So I, they introduced me, I'm like, okay, who do you think Flossie is? A dog? Oh. <laughs> and then people call up the charity concert saying, oh, we'd love to help out. Who's Flossie now? That's the dog. Oh my God. And do you guys have a dog? No, we have two cats. <laughs> <laughs> where are they getting this information from maybe they have my bad eyesight and thought your logo animal was a dog as well instead of a crap but no it's a little crap oh my god that's so that's so funny um and what's the youngest so that was a group of four-year-olds and so you guys really like would take out and talk to any age we would yeah but like the best age would be probably like third class to six sorry a third class probably to fifth class because sixth class has too much attitude and actually <laughs> second class they do they think they're too cool for school and then, yeah the good four-year-olds we find a bit harder because obviously understandably they lose attention quite easily yeah but they do all know what they're talking about in their own way like they do understand that there is a problem and they are awfully cute yeah but that's so funny I love how you're like just a couple of years older than the sixth class and you're like oh they're really (laughs) they're just they're too much to handle I understand completely what you're saying I was teaching drama but actually to a group of 14 year olds and it was so difficult (laughs) they were just like I don't want to be here um oh man so I can understand your pain and how does your school kind of receive you're you're probably like known to be the environmentalist in the class or in the school um and are they kind of supportive of the work that you do from even when you are um leaving to strike on Fridays most of the teachers are yeah although they are getting a bit frustrated and frustrated because every year it's like I promise I'll be in more this year I won't be out for as many events and sorry so far this time I've already been out like 18 times oh dear yeah but you're saving the world you know and like when it comes to the future I mean if we don't if we don't have a future what's the point in getting an education on Pythagoras theorem like if more of them joined you then you'd have more time to to go to school as well so yeah I know there'll be some people who'd probably disagree and I'm not one of those people so on the topic of school then do you think the environment should be a subject in schools? Absolutely. <laughs> Mum and I have been trying to make it, yeah, to make environmentalism a subject in school because it's ridiculous that my generation are expected to solve climate change and yet we're not learning about it properly in school. Mm. That's why, like, if we learned about it from junior infants and then up until, like, fourth year when, or third year when after that you can just choose... But like if we can learn it up to there, then it's built into our mindset. It's just simple, sustainable things we can do to try and help the environment. Because learning about charts and graphs is just like kids don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. 
they find it scary, they don't pay it, um, so they, you know, would zone out or they just don't understand it, which is more common. But if you just tell them, um, if you teach them things you, they can do to try help the environment and then you actually do them in the class, then that's actually would be a fun subject and it would help solve um, uh, help stop climate change. Yeah, teachers, secondary school and primary school teachers have so much power and like the like so much room to do something amazing with a module like that and it doesn't it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom like I remember when I was in school you learned a little bit about I guess you you learn how the earth works I guess in geography maybe in science as well but then like the effects of like climate change and stuff I don't even know if you guys still do this I I would have read a tiny little bit about in CSPE which is I don't even remember but like political education and all the other stuff but like it's really only a tiny portion um, and have you uh, in third year now up to this point has it come up in any of your school books and any of your subjects yet I know it won't be to the depth that we need but has it come up at all it has come up every subject and um, every subject like touches based on climate change but none of them really go into it like they mm. tell you it's a problem and like you know the world's going to end but they don't tell you how we're meant to stop it from there or like how there is hope (laughs) god that's how are you what what are we supposed to do with that information like look at this oh god okay some of my teachers don't believe in climate change altogether oh god there's some of your teachers yeah one of my math teachers in first year literally said oh yes but climate change isn't a real thing oh my god well Good luck to that person. I wish them well. Let's just we'll just get on with the facts and the science, I guess. Oh God, that's wild. And what needs to happen then? Because you got you have been campaigning for environmental studies to be like taught in schools. I mean, they don't even need to make exams out of it if they don't want. Like that, that's. But just to have it there, like SPHE or something, would it's yeah. so crucial or PE, like it's as it's so important. So, what needs to be done? What can listeners do to kind of help with that? Um, I guess contacting TDs uh, is a, a that sort of buzz that that we need to do to get this to happen. Yeah, we need to put pressure on them to let them know it's not just some young girl and her mother who wants this to happen this is a thing that actually needs to happen to help stop climate change yeah so just try to contact your tvs to try get them to realize it as well yeah absolutely like education and i think that this is to bring it back to the beach cleaning stuff like people would not be doing that if if they learned as kids their likelihood of them doing that will be so greatly reduced if they learned as children of the impact that it would have like you remember these things and then your children teach their parents like so often at the time I'm sure I'm sure your mom has learned so much from you so hopefully people will um contact their, their TDs to let them know that this is something that they want to see and tell their kids to talk to their teachers about it as well and maybe the t- the teachers can bring it to like their union or something is there a petition for the school curriculum uh, environmental studies that people can sign yet yes there is it's been up it's up on just social up on the internet so if you just look up environmentalism as a core subject the petition's like the first thing that comes up amazing i will include that in the show notes as well then for people to sign Speaking of, you know, adults and kids, do you find as a 14 year old activist that you get 
um, patronized or not believed or do, do people think you're going through some kind of phase of just being angry or like what what has your experience been that you think um is different than if you were like 18 or 25 well they don't people don't take me seriously which I understand he wants to take a child seriously and they can find it really threatening when a someone younger is bringing up a problem mm. um so they would just sweep it under the carpet which is always really annoying or they people just from a young age people have always treated me in like the most patronizing way like they either use big words to try catch me out um uh, or they patronize me and talk to me like I'm a four-year-old which both are quite annoying yeah and then with people then the other problem I found is I'm very positive as a climate activist and marine environmentalist like I will I don't think we can solve this unless we try to stay positive because when we're angry we burn out quite fast Mm-hmm. so the problem with that is then I'd be shunned by some of the other climate activists and wouldn't be thought of as a real climate activist because you're too also... hopeful oh my goodness yeah. I'm serious I get in, in, this included from so many things oh gosh what is wrong with people well a lot clearly but yeah that's oh that's really frustrating um every every adult listening has someone young in their life that is most likely concerned about like the environment and stuff like what would you say to these people who who tend to be patronizing whether or not they're realizing it this is a problem and we can't solve this unless we work together so we have to put all our differences aside and all our petty problems and remember that this is a problem that we can solve if we like work together and remember we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. That's a really good message. And just because you're 14 or 8 or 88 doesn't mean you know something or know any you're any better or you're any worse than anyone else. Like we're all just trying to do our bit on the planet. And to be honest, I think... I think younger people who have less, I talked about this with Saoirse Exton before, younger people who have less kind of, um, they've they've had less time to not exactly be brainwashed, but conditioned is the word. They have, they've had less time to be like conditioned into what is normal. So younger people are seeing, they see life for what it is and you're able to see easier, this thing is not right. But the adults are like, well, this is normal. But it takes like open mindedness and this empathy that the young generation and children especially are full of. And Jesus, that's what we need now more than ever. So I'm like, if I could take take the votes and give them all to to the youth climate movement, like that is my dream. But uh, one of my dreams. But um, <laughs> that is that's really frustrating that you've experienced that. And I hope. That it's not for much longer, because I imagine that can be quite annoying, but fair play to you for saying so hopeful. And I guess before we start wrapping up, can you, I love when you guys post, you post pictures all the time of what you find on your beach cleans. What are some of the weirdest, strangest things? Like some, you have some wild stories, I think, of like reuniting people even with, with objects. So what kind of bizarre things have you found on your cleanups? Um, one of the really gross ones we've found are a bunch of plastic strips um, of hair what? that someone has gone down to the beach and had waxed <gasps> their body hair. 
and we found <laughs> they had a lot of potty hair because we found at least um 80 strips 80 <gasps> oh my god and the entire team is just picking up these plastic strips with hair attached oh. to them oh my god and like were they were these strips like were they skinny like little because i do wax my mustache and they're like tiny little Not things or were like the bigger one they were like bigger the bigger very ships. big ones bigger ships oh 80 did you say this must have been like a whole football team getting whacked or something for charity or whatever oh my god what that's wild god. and it was all the same color which was very disturbing <laughs> That's not a hair left on that person's body. Oh my god, I, I would have loved to have seen what was going on there. That's gas. Oh god. And then on a more sweet side of things, um, we found a treasure. What looked almost like a treasure chest a few year- a year ago, and it had a bunch of you know like nothing really expensive, just a few like baby teeth and pictures and like a few necklaces. Nothing that would be worth too much money, but obviously had a lot of sentimental value in it. Yeah. So, you know, we brought it to the police and said, if you find anything. And then a week later, we got a call to find that a woman was burgled and everything was taken. But the one thing she was sad about was that box because it had everything in it. And then she got to be reunited with it and like with everything that she thought she had lost forever. So that was Oh sweet. my God, that's amazing. Oh, geez. That's so lovely. And I'm so glad it didn't get like destroyed or anything. And have you found many messages in, in bottles? Yeah, we found a few, um, but we did find one on like on the first time. I think it was, yeah, it was a letter from this girl in Australia, which was very exciting. Oh my God. Hold up. She was, in, she was oh. in, on holiday in Ireland. Oh, feck. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, it gets better as it goes along. But it was okay because, you know, she was in Donegal on holiday. So like we found it in the Dunleary in Dublin. So that's, that's quite still a pretty that's cool. But she was visiting the 40 foot, which is where we found it. <laughs> okay right so it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller oh well (laughs) the thing is from there we've become really good pen pals and we'd like uh, message each other like weekly so that was like years ago so we still message each other which is fun that is so cool hello to that person that's so lovely um all the way in australia that's class and have you ever thrown a message in a bottle i always wanted to but then I couldn't really because throwing a plastic bottle was just destroying my purpose and then by throwing a glass bottle I'd be too worried it smashes yeah I know I was wondering because like as a beach cleaner you're like I'm just I'm just adding to my own mess here I did that once as a child I threw um a message in a bottle and I grew up in Wexford and thankfully we've loads of beautiful beaches there and threw a message in a bottle and a couple of weeks later got like a phone call from another little girl my age who was like lived like down the road <laughs> so it just like went out in the tide and then came back in um but I was so excited dad put like a little two two penny or a little one peed kind of show our currency as well to whoever found it um didn't go very far but yeah so maybe emails are the way to go but uh, that is so cool. You found some amazing things. Um, okay, is there anything you would like to share with listeners, anything at all, before we move on to some random questions to close things off? Um, just remember that anyone can make a difference. And if you want to get involved and make a difference and try help stop climate change, but you don't know where to begin, just think of what you're passionate about. So like if you 
love the sea. You could go on beach cleans and join rallies and do what you can to try um, and get MPA. And then if you love the forest and environment like that, you can try make bee hotels and join forest cleans. And there are like loads of different things you can do for the forest. And if you don't know where to begin, just start with a simple climate strike because that way you're meeting like-minded people who would have great ideas for you. Exactly. But um, local cleanups are a great way to start. Okie doke. To finish things off, this has been lovely. Can we have some random questions? I say, can we have to my imaginary co-host of this podcast? Uh, You're going to pick a letter of the alphabet and then just randomly assigned. They change every after every interview. So it's never the same letter for the same question. Um, There'll just be a random question. It's not associated with the letter. You can give any answer you like. Doesn't have to be climate related. And it's just to get to know some other things about you that I haven't got time to get to in the interview. If you want to give me your first letter. D. D. What's your favourite second-hand find? Mm, interesting, because this is usually about like charity shop halls or whatever. But I guess you could also talk about your second-hand beach clean finds as well. So anything at all? Um, let me think. Literally, all my clothes are second-hand. They're really nice. <laughs> um, Lovely. I got a dress last year um, from a second-hand shop, and it is really beautiful it's like a it's a dress you'd have to wear something underneath with because it's completely see-through but like it has green and like flowers building up so whatever you wear it looks like they're coming up and they just go around your neck then and it's really gorgeous oh that's so lovely the gems that you find in charity shops like it's just amazing that's really cool and can you give me another letter um e e a b c d e what's your favorite documentary um, probably Greta Thunberg's uh, Year to Change the World. That was brilliant. I actually haven't seen that yet. Where did you watch it? What did you watch it on? It was on the BBC. It was absolutely incredible. Okay, I have to add that. It's on my list. I have to bump it up the list. Um, I'm pretty sure it'll be on BBC Player, so I'll have to give that a look. And another letter? Z. Z. This comes up quite a lot. Three things you'd bring to a desert island. Ooh, water. Nice. Yeah. Um. Probably. Hold on. Uh. Probably some food. Mm-hmm. So that'd be quite handy. Mm-hmm. And my cat to keep me company. Oh, that's lovely. They're lovely little selections. And another letter. Um. Might as well go for my name. F. F, F, F. Ah, which three fictitious characters are on your apocalypse team? Ooh, let me think. Um, Jack Sparrow, Sweeney Todd, um, Edward Scissorhands. I see a theme. <laughs> oh, and JD from Heathers. Who, wait, who's the last one? JD from Heathers. Everyone else is Johnny Depp. Okay, yeah, so John, well, Johnny Depp, he could actually count as one person and he just has to bring those costumes with him. Um, and like one last person probably I would probably go for the girl from King Eve. Yes, good one. Oh, amazing. Gosh, you've got a strong team there. Okay, we'll do one more letter before we go. Why? Why do birds suddenly appear? Oh, if you had a superpower, what would it be? Ooh, 
probably the ability to like lift like and I'd pick up one object and be able to like take every single one of those objects in the world so that I could just take a piece of plastic take every single piece out of the sea throw it in the bin oh my god that's such and a have good recycled. idea yes yeah. that is so like and you could just change your mind to be like whatever it was you know whatever object if it was like all plastic or I don't know I'll if I could (laughs) all Donald Trump's just lift them up keep going put them into space (laughs) bye um amazing ah Flossie I've absolutely loved this chat so much thank you so much for chatting to me and doing the work that you're doing and Jesus I wish there was more people like you just keep going you're you're amazing you're just so cool so thank you so so much thanks for having me it was loads of fun all right, there you go. I hope you've enjoyed that chat with Flossie. I will link their Instagram account in the show notes. They've also got an episode on RTE Player that I haven't watched yet. So if you're in Ireland, you'll they there was some kind of RTE program where they interviewed Flossie and the work that she was doing. So I'll link that in the show notes as well. I have to watch it myself too. Yeah, we afterwards we we kept on chatting for a little bit. Flossie has since been over to COP. And uh, it was interesting as well. We I found out after the interview ended that um, when she goes picking on the West Coast, she finds a completely different type of rubbish on the East Coast. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people's rubbish. And on the West Coast, there's a lot of like, there's more fishing gear and it's it's like big things that have been washed in from the Atlantic and stuff, which is quite interesting. So yeah, you never know. You could find find yourself some inspiration for a good old story while out cleaning our beaches and there's loads of places and people that are doing amazing work like Flossie they're just a quick ecosia search away so if you're stuck for thinking of people or places that you can join for litter picking check out Clean Coasts and Climate Love Ireland as well and as per last episode's conversation with Lara Uh, They have a community network where you can link up with people and just go out picking litter. It's a nice way to, it's a nice way, way to meet people. So hopefully I will see you guys on a beach or on a coast or on a canal walk somewhere picking up some litter. In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Follow me on social media, Book of Lee's Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and you can follow me on um, TikTok as Cara Carney if you want the very occasional rare video of me bashing the government or something but yes that is everything again thank you so much to the Climate Ambassador Programme thank you for listening and I will be back in two weeks time we're getting close to the end of the season take care guys bye bye